On Monday, August 8th, Tall Can Audio hits 1,000 episodes. Wait, that's still on? Who could possibly still care? And the gang is all here to celebrate. It's euphoric. It's got to be close to Nirvana. It's outstanding. For the first time ever, Maddie, Michaela, Rob, and Matt are all live in studio together. It's happening, you guys! It's happening! Oh my god! Oh my god! I wish you all were here! Is this likely to go well? Just check my notes here. No! At least it will make a lot of noise. Boom. Here comes the boom. A thousand pods and a thousand pints. I don't think I've ever been as proud in my entire life. TCA 1000 drops Monday, August 8th, wherever you find low-quality podcasts. Fuck, it's out of control. Shit. I work out. This is Tall Can Audio. We're not here to take part, we're here to take over. Nice to be back in the garden, eh? Woo! Welcome to Tall Can Audio. I am Michaela. He is Matt. You can find us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram, all at Tall Can Audio. Hello, Matt. How's it going? I'm good. How are you? I'm doing great, Screeds. It's a good day. That's it. It's good. Well, it's it's, it's not a good weather day. I'm looking <laughs> no. outside. It's dreary and disgusting. Yeah. Um. So we're uh, drowning our sorrows with some beer yes. and uh, some hockey talk because yes. we've got a lot to get to. It was a busy week in the NHL. A trade deadline happened. There were actually trades, surprisingly. Couldn't believe um, it. T- including uh, Taylor Hall, which we'll get to uh, oh. in a bit. Uh, but we have to get to the most important part of the show right now, Matt, and that is what are you drinking? Yes. So... As I uh, as I suggested at the end of last week's show, or maybe the beginning, I can't remember. I am having the exact same thing you had last Thursday: the Standing Stone, Ooh. British IPA from Crooked Mile, uh, which you were good enough to drop at my door there from a, a safe distance a week or two ago now. And um, so you had had that one last week. I I had their Maple Brown, I think, um, on the show. And uh, you were having the Standing Stone, and so I wanted to follow up. This is a British IPA. They say it's a strong one. I guess uh, 6.2, I think that says. Um, Yeah, the British IPA from uh, Crooked Mile Brewing Company, the Standing Stone. What are you riding with? Well, I'm very interested to get your thoughts on that. Um, I am being lame, capital L, lame today. I'm going with an athletic brewing company, an alcoholic, upside down pale ale. Um, And and I'll explain why. I was telling Matt uh, before the show, but for those of you who don't know, I work at the Ottawa Hospital, Mm -hmm. and uh, things are kind of busy right now. Um, And I have... I'm very likely going to have to work a little bit tonight. And I also am, because I can't say no to things, uh, I'm doing TSN 1200 tomorrow morning from 7 to 9 on TSN mornings. I heard this on the radio today. I heard McKayla Schreiner. They didn't even ask for us to like send you down. They just, I know they just scooped you up. It's I got uh, You got to talk to my agent. Honestly, <laughs> not properly communicating with the all sides. So I, the, the way I see it is like, I'm, I'm going to have to work on, you know, probably tonight, probably tomorrow morning for the mm-hmm. hospital. And then I've, I've got to be on the air. I want to be, you know, tip top shape. So I don't want to be too, uh, too hungover. and I'm 31. So well, apparently I can't have a beer without feeling it the next day. <laughs> so we're being lame today and drinking a non-alcoholic beer. And I think I've, I've had this before on, on the show. I think I've talked about the, I know you've had something company. from athletic. I don't know if yeah. you've had this one specifically. 
and, and I'm not going to lie, like it's the same six pack I bought in like okay. January. <laughs> Had like <laughs> one or two sitting. non-alcoholics like, screw this, I'm going back to the real. <laughs> it was a short-lived uh, experiment. But like, I'll be shot. honest, it's it's if I'm going to have a nine times out of ten, if I'm going to have a beer, I'm going to have a beer. Yeah. Um, you know, I like the idea of having an option like this. And, and uh, you know, for a, a, an example that that it is perfect for is tonight. Mm-hmm. Um, but, you know, the, I, I thought I would get more use out of it, I think, than I do. Because, it, you know, I, I talked about on the show, I try not to drink too, too much during the week. Like Thursday is my day. I'll allow myself for a beer. Yeah. And then I really just have a beer, a couple of beers on Saturdays. Because, um, again, I am capital L lame. <laughs> Uh, but like I've, I've never, I just haven't run into that situation where I'm like, God, I want a beer, but I don't want the alcohol. Like I've, I've, if I've wanted a beer that bad, I've just sacrificed it and had the alcohol. So, well, so you know, ex- explain this to me, um, because I do the opposite. I look for the, if I'm going to veer away from the beers, I'll look for how do I get the alcohol content without the calories of a beer, right? That's what I'm more worried about. So when you go the other way, right? When you have something from the athletic brewing company, and so I can tell already in their name what they're shooting for, they're trying to be a little healthier. They're trying to do Mm -hmm. some things. Do you get the same, like, obviously there's no alcohol, but is it as fatty as a normal beer? Is it as? No, no, I don't think so. Anyway, like carb heavy seems to be the problem with a lot of beer. Yeah. It has the nutritional information on it. It's okay. 50 calories for a can. Okay. And I think most beers are probably coming at a little bit above higher. that. Yeah. yeah. Um, carbs, 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 12 yeah. grams of carbs, fi- only five grams of sugar. So that's okay. really not that bad. Yep. Um, and yeah, obviously I think it says like less than 0.5% alcohol or something like yeah. that. So it's again, like it's not nothing, no. but it's not at all what you get with, with a beer. And again, like, as, as much as I, I, you know, I love to work out. I'm, I like to consider myself a healthy person. I like out. I work out. <laughs> um, I, I think there is a balance. You can ha- enjoy a couple beer and still be a healthy person. Yes. Just being mindful of, yeah, you know, like you said, the calories, the alcohol content, whatever. Um, so again, like I'm, I'm one of those people who I, I like to just, you know, if I'm going to have a beer, I'm going to have a beer yep. and, and I'll, I'll deal with the repercussions and I'll pay the beer you know, tax later. Exactly. And, and that, by the way, that beer tax gets expensive when you get older. So for those of you in your twenties listening to this, trust me, uh, the tax man is coming. Um, so, so yeah, just, that's just in case, cause I do get these out most of the time. And there are a few times, like I'll wake up on Friday morning and I already have comments on the show from people who listened at like two 30 in the morning or, or whatever. Um, some of the night Hawks get to this before the, uh, the morning show. What time are you going on with, uh, with our buddy JR to host the uh, TSN 1200 morning show? Just in case there's somebody listening before you get there. I will be on uh, from 7 a.m. to 9 a.m. Eastern Standard Time. Or okay. Eastern Daylight Time, whatever, whatever we're in. Eastern Time. Too, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> on TSN 1200. Uh, yeah, he's, he's without a... A co-host this week and that's uh, sleeping he, in for you, right? Seven. Like that's Yeah, honestly. <laughs> you know what that is? Like and he he's been very flexible. God bless him, uh, this week. Cause I think he it's it, it's difficult. It's easier for him, like the first hour and the last hour, I guess, are, are okay for him to do by himself. I guess they have enough content to kind of fill it or some guests or whatever. Right. Um, but he's he's been very flexible in in offering that shorter time window, which not only like, yeah, allows me not to have to get up at 
3.30 in the morning. <laughs> um, but then also like I could take care of some stuff at my job, my yes. work work. Yeah. Um, and then it's really like it, the morning show is so easy for me because it's really not a disruption in my day. Like most times oh, JR has allowed me to do like six to nine. Yeah. The odd time I'll stay till 10. And even then it's like I'm starting my day an hour later than I would otherwise. Right. Oh like, God. yeah, no, there's nothing more terrifying to me than a morning show. Like, <laughs> oh, I am, it's ideal. Like I even like I occasionally now and I've always been a terrible morning person. When I was a teenager, I would sleep till like 10 or 11 and like no problem. And then just roll on and obviously on non school days and shit like that. Eh, some school days you sleep through if you have to. But even now. Like most days I'm wide awake. I'm probably up and moving around by seven thirty, quarter to eight, but I am not a friendly person. <laughs> like you, you don't want to, um, to speak to me. Uh, my niece for a long time, she misunderstood, um, when we would all have the family cottage pre pandemic, right? When we, you could actually see people glorious times. If you can't remember them, people, um, my, my mom, her grandmother would tell her, don't go down to the basement because that grizzly bear is not ready to, <laughs> and she actually for a while thought a grizzly bear lived in the base. It Aww. scared her. So she wouldn't go to the basement at the cottage. Like, <laughs> That's adorable. <laughs> Turns out it's just grumpy uncle Matt. Right. So. Hey man, like, listen, there, there are chronotypes are a real thing. Like some people are morning people. Some yep. people are, are night hawks. I'm like annoyingly a, mor a morning person and that and that like want to make it very clear does not make me better or worse no. like uh, there's this weird phenomenon that you know we've glorified the early mornings and oh. like you got to be productive yes. get up at 5 a.m and take charge my dad for years and years and years and years said 5 45 is the best part of the day like you're all missing it like yes we're missing it i don't care if it's the best part of the day <laughs> oh yeah and i agree like i my morning is my favorite time of day but then like i also know that to a nighthawk like nighttime is the best yep. part of the day for them it's that is the same quietness like you're by yourself whatever um and and it's you know I think the secret is everyone's got to figure out whatever they are. Yeah. When and, are you most productive? What can you exactly. get done? Yeah. And the, one of the, the few silver linings of this pandemic is like, if you've been forced to work from home yeah. and you're a night owl, maybe you've been able to like accommodate your schedule a little bit yeah. and, and make it work for you. Cause I know that like our, our standard nine to five kind of work life or even school, it's not kind to not night Hawks. And you've probably experienced that Certainly, in your life. Yes. Um, well, and this is a good opportunity for me to mention next week. Um, I've been talking to uh, a couple guys. I know, you know, well, the boys over at TSN 1200, Steven Bunda, Steve Bunda and, uh, Graham Creech are going to be on the show next Thursday morning, not nice. Wednesday morning. Uh, UFC 261 flies a week from this Saturday and, uh, they're big UFC guys as you know, both uh, big craft beer guys, as you know, and uh, they were on a couple of months ago. There's a, a UFC show of note sort of every month. And so we could do something, but I had always sort of thought like, wait for the really big episodes. And so are the really big cards to, to reach out to those guys. And, and so we're going to do it again. And the reason it kind of fits in is, um, Bunda and, and Creech, uh, you know, they, they have work to do on the Sens broadcasts. And so when I say to them, you guys pick a night that works for you and then get back to me, it's going to be on a night where the senators are not playing, which is probably a night the Leafs are playing, uh, just the way the schedule <laughs> rolls this year and, uh, no different this time. 
And uh, they were both good enough as Nighthawks to go, well, we'll just do it after the Leaf game. And I'm like, sweet, right? That's like 9.45. I'm good to go. Like, I'm still ready to to work. Uh, we'll do the show. Uh, we'll do the editing and stuff afterwards and get it out in time for Thursday morning. I would much rather do a 9.45 p.m. recording than a 9.45 a.m. recording. That's just kind of the way I'm wired. I, I, I don't mind st- sitting up after that and getting it done. So uh, yeah. look for that next week. Um, Michaela, I'm going to try hard here because I know you're not a UFC person, but I'm going se- to try and sell this to you. Okay. And, and mainly because I want to sell it to the listeners to listen to our podcast about it next okay. Thursday morning. UFC 261, uh, headlined by... Kumaro Usman versus Jorge Masvidal. That is the main event. And I'll tell you, these guys faced off last year. And Usman, who is probably the best welterweight in the world, has already beaten Masvidal. But Masvidal has this, just this personality where you like, it's one of the reasons that you love MMA. It's like, I want that guy to get punched in the face and I will pay to see it happen. And... So even though Kamaru Usman is probably the best pound-for-pound fighter in the world already, and he's already beaten Masvidal, in his mind, he didn't beat him bad enough. So he wants to fight him again, and this is a huge win for Masvidal. He's already fought the champ, and he's lost. You don't get to fight again. You don't get to jump the line. But the champ says, no, that's the guy I want. I'm not happy with how I beat him the last time, and so we're going again. That's going to be killer, mainly because I think Usman's going to fuck up Masvidal even worse. But the undercard is incredible. The co-main event is Zhang Wiley, and she's taking on Rose Nama Yunus. Rose, to me, is on the come in a big way. This is a strawweight fight, and Rose is one of the most entertaining fighters in the UFC. I'm not sure why that's the co-main event, because just underneath it is... Um, Jessica Andraj is taking on, um, Shevchenko. We've talked about Shevchenko on the show before and I forgot her name. The fir- like, It's a Russian first name. I forgot it the last time too. That to me, uh, is going to be incredible. Shevchenko versus Jessica Andraj. That's going to be fight of the night. And I'm not sure that's a, that's a flyweight title fight. Those two girls are going to throw bombs like you have never seen before in your life. And I can't wait. And so that to me, that's a loaded card. Shevchenko, I believe is her name. Um, (laughs) Versus uh, Jessica Andraj. That's going to be fight of the night. That's going to be the one that everyone is talking about as they walk away. So you're talking about a card here that is one of the best of the year. And two out of the top three fights are headlined by, uh, by women fighters. It's going to be awesome. That was the reason I reached out to Bunda and to Creech and said, it's time to do this again. They're craft beer guys. They're fight guys. Uh, we're going to talk on Wednesday night, and that will come out for everybody on Thursday morning in preparation for UFC 261 on Saturday. How do All I right. Do? Well, I know what's happening now. Yeah. So that's helpful. Okay. But here's my thing with UFC. I mean, like, I, I'm very open about the fact that I'm not a huge UFC fan, but yeah. I respect, you know, like, you know, people who are, I get, I, I, there are plenty of sports that I'm into that a lot of people aren't. Sure. I get that. But as we were just talking about being Nighthawks and morning people, <laughs> this won't even start. UFC is just constantly <laughs> way past my bedtime. <laughs> like even if I wanted to get into it, I couldn't. Yeah, it like starts the main event at is closer 
to the time you'd be getting up than the time exactly. You went to bed. Yeah. And like I, have, you've heard me talk about trying to stay up for send games at yeah. past a certain point, and like that takes I I need to be on the air that week and like have a dedicated reason to watch that game. Yes. Uh, otherwise, I'm not doing it. Yeah. So it's I I I am definitely intrigued a little bit. This but, is why you know, we didn't reach out and ask you to co-host that show with oh, us. Oh no, that would be <laughs> a big mistake. Um, but speaking of which, I don't think we've talked about mm. WrestleMania. Ooh, no, we haven't. It just dawned on me because I think WrestleMania was this past Sunday. Yep, that's right. Yeah. Saturday. I Sunday. watched it. You did. I did. And I, you woke I watched, up in the morning. Yeah. <laughs> no, sorry. I watched most of it. Okay. No, part of it. Most is a strong word. Yep. Um, and I went to, I think I went to bed at like 930, like whenever I would normally go to bed. Right. Uh, and Josh did up and watched it. But yeah. I at least watched, I, th- I know I watched the women's match. Um, and I think I saw most of the Kevin Owens. Sami Zayn. Sami Zayn, I think yep. Logan Paul. Logan Paul yeah. was it? See, I'm only recently finding out who that is. I know the cool kids know who Logan Paul is. I'm only finding out in the last little while. We're boxing celebrities and whatever else is happening there. YouTube. Star. I don't think you need to know who he is. I'm good. Like, like I don't feel like know. I'm missing out. You're really not. No. Like this, he's a. Kevin D-bag. Owens gave him a stunner, and I'm just like, all right, yeah. cool. Kevin Owens just stunned a guy I couldn't care less about. So. My only thing with Logan Paul is a few years ago, I when the 2018 Olympics were on, I got up at 2.45 in the morning to watch hockey because women's hockey was on. It's in Korea, and you're like, my, my, my clock is so messed up. Oh, it was awful. <laughs> and so instead of staying up till 2.45, I obviously went to bed early and oh, got no, up at 2.45. Yeah. <laughs> because then when, when the game was over, it was probably close to 5 a.m. And like, yeah. I get up at that time for no, work anyway. So I was like, well, I'm, get I'm up getting noon. up. <laughs> and I was on the air that night. So I worked a full day yeah. at the hospital. And then I was on the air for the Sens pregame show that night. Mm. And I, I think I've told the story before, but I was so sleep deprived. I said at one point that Rick Nash was still with Columbus. And at this point, he very much was not. In 2018. In 2018. <laughs> I think he's two years removed from being traded at that point. I... Be, the the Sens have Nick Paul and Logan Brown yes. on their teams, and I merged them oh. and called them Logan Paul. Sure. Um, so that was my day, uh, and that's the only that's the only thing I have about Nick Paul, about Logan Paul. That's all I know about him is that I one time thought he played for the Ottawa Senators because I was so sleep deprived. Well, we haven't <laughs> they, mentioned they, they let me back on the air. Yeah. <laughs> so we haven't mentioned until now um, WrestleMania. I watched both shows. I missed large parts of Sunday as it happened because I was editing the, uh, the Monday morning show. Um, I thought Saturday was better. Uh, I thought Saturday had, uh, it was Drew McIntyre versus Bobby Lashley in the, the, the WWE title match. I thought that was pretty good. And the women main evented that night. That was Sasha Banks, um, versus Bianca Belair. And that was an incredible match. I thought that was really that good. Was. That was really fun. I thought that was a really good match. And there was some other good stuff along the way on Saturday. Sunday, I, I was less interested. The, there was the, the women's tag match. There was the men's tag match. Um, Randy Orton versus The Fiend kind of sucked. But the main event there was Edge versus Daniel Bryan versus Roman Reigns. I thought that was a lot of fun. So the main event on Sunday was probably really the only thing part of that night that I really cared about. I thought Saturday ended up being better. So, um, I didn't watch much of Saturday live that Josh and I actually got up early the next morning and, uh, <laughs> watched it. Cause I think 
excuse me, he fell asleep as well. Okay. Yeah. I think I watched the the Sens game that night. I was like, or no, I watched the Leafs game. Sens weren't playing. That's a good. Point. Um, I was I just Saturday night is hockey for me, and yeah. I, I have to watch hockey. So yes. the next morning we got up and watched the uh, Bianca Belair and Sasha Banks yep. uh, match, which was phenomenal. Yeah, I, like I'm was. not even a wrestling fan, and I was like, this is freaking entertaining. Yeah. Um, where Bianca picked Sasha up over her head and walked up the stairs. Like, like come just on, imagine man. the balance to oh, like, I get the, dizzy just the strength, like standing the balance, up. everything to hold someone up over your head and walk up the steps and just pitch them into the ring. Super cool. Unbelievable. Yeah. So yeah, I, I can say that I, I, I watched and, um, that's, that's that. that. That's, uh, <laughs> that's all I have to say about that. I, I, think I that's do good. have a Sasha Banks t-shirt though. Do you? Uh, nice. Yeah. Josh, Boss. I got to, Josh tickets to yeah the boss. I got Josh tickets to uh, Survivor Series in Toronto in, Toronto yeah, in okay. November of 20, I think twenty sixteen. Yeah, that's and right. uh, it, he made me he bought me a Sasha Banks T shirt and <laughs> said you have Love to wear it. this. Love I was it. Like okay, all right. I'll I didn't know like people. I was the only female in that building, by the way, um, <laughs> and <laughs> like. <laughs> I was getting eyeballs. You were not. You were one of at no Five. less than 40. Right? Like, <laughs> I took a girl once and she was down. She was fine. Like she was get to uh, a pay-per-view in Toronto in 05, 06, 07. I can't remember. Sometime in that kind of general area. It was going to be Trish versus Lita. And I'm like, as you've seen, having been in the studio, we like Trish around here. I uh, like Trish Stratus too. Yeah. So, I, I, I love Trish. So, as we're standing there in this tunnel between Union Station and the Air Canada Center, it's just thousands upon thousands of wrestling fans taking their turn, go, woo, woo, woo. Right? And she's looking at me like, what, what is this? I'm like, oh, you're going to have a great time. Like, this yeah. is going to be so fun. So I get it. I think you're a trooper. You wore the shirt. I think that's, uh, that's a good wife. Yeah, wife of the year here. Um. Before we move on, I got to back sell a little bit. Uh, as on Wednesday, episode 816, Dan Shulman was on the podcast. The legend um, had a great time talking to him on Monday. Uh, I asked him if, you know, because at the time we're mid NHL trade deadline and nothing is happening <laughs> at that point. And I said, have you ever, had, have you ever been through anything like this? Have you ever seen anything like this? Like you've done a lot of things in your career in multiple sports um, you know, have you ever had to do like an eight hour broadcast during a, and I know the answer is no, but like during a global pandemic where there's a quarantine during trades, like, can you sympathize at all with what these broadcasters on both networks are going through? And he said, the only thing uh, he said he could compare it to was, um, he worked on the fan 590 as a a talk show host during the fall of 94. So that's when Major League Baseball is on strike. The NHL is on a lockout and there's nothing happening. And he's like, the Argos are getting a ton of attention. I'm learning yes. about racing, right? Like, uh, there's not a lot happening. So, um, asked him about that, obviously, but we also discussed, you know, this year's Blue Jays and kind of the weird inverted start they've been off to with the offense struggling and some of their pitching actually being pretty good. Um, and just what it's been like kind of calling games, 
not being able to cross the border at will, going through multiple quarantines, this and that. So really fun episode of the show. That's number 816. Uh, that's the second time Dan's been on. So uh, if you haven't had a chance, um, one of the greats in the broadcast world. So check that out. Episode 816 with Dan Schulman. Right on, right on. And that's a perfect segue mm-hmm. into our next topic, which is the NHL trade deadline, yes. which has come and gone. And surprisingly, there were up. some trades. Yeah. yeah, specifically the night before. Like we woke up Monday morning like, oh, trades happened overnight. Some of us were still awake Sunday night. Sorry. <laughs> yeah, I guess I guess it wasn't overnight for everybody. Um, I, I do want, I know you talked about it a little bit on the last episode because I think it was it was unfolding yes. as, as you were on. Uh, but I want to get your thoughts on the Nick Foligno trade because obviously as a Sens fan, I am very intrigued by this trade. By Nick Foligno. Uh, and, and Nick Foligno in particular, yep. uh, Toronto gets two former Ottawa senators, Nick Foligno and Stefan Nason. It is Nason, yep. not Nosen for anybody. <laughs> I, I've heard it mispronounced. At least I think it, like for the years he was here, that's the way I heard it pronounced. So I think I'm right. Um, I have three no way trade. recollection of him being a senator. He was part of the 2000, if I recall correctly, he was part of the 2011 Rebuild where okay. the Sens had three first round picks in the uh, in, in the first round, obviously, um, and they got uh, Mika <laughs> Zibanejad, uh, Mika Zibanejad, Matt Pumple, and Stefan Nason. Oh no! And uh, yeah, they're all gone. Yeah. And I don't even. I don't think. Oh God! If he if he played a game, I don't remember it. Right. Like that's. I think he was he was a, well, a Zibad minor was leader. pretty good here. Moved on oh, to yeah. New York and ended up being much better. Uh, Pumple was around for, I think he's a Peterborough Pete, if I'm not mistaken, before he ended up with Ottawa. Mm-hmm. And they gave him a couple shots and he was back and forth with mine and never quite panned out. Like, that's rough. You have three first round picks and that's how And it's it not even like, like I could get over Matt Pumple and Stefan Nathan. Sure. It's, it's the situation with Mika's advantage yeah. that really irks me. But anyway, we're not here to sure. Fair enough talk know, about Mika's bring up my Sens fan neuroses. Um, uh, but it was a three-way trade yes. with Toronto, uh, Columbus, and San Jose. The Blue Jackets receive a 21, 2021 first-round pick from mm-hmm. Toronto and a 2022 fourth-rounder. Uh, they also retained 50% of Felino's salary. Yeah. And uh, the San Jose Sharks receive a 2021 fourth-round pick for absorbing another, another. part yes. of Nick Felino's salary. So Toronto ends up only having to pay 25% of Nick Felino's salary getting Stefan Nason, whatever they're going to do with him. Yeah. Now it ultimately like, like let's call a spade a spade here. It, it, it cost them a first round pick yep. they're, they're, this year's first round pick, a couple other picks, but who cares? Um, I would assume that Kyle Dubas's strategy here is, well, we hope it's a 32nd overall pick. Yeah. I think, I think Seattle's involved in this year's That's draft, right? right? Yep. Okay. So we hope it's a 32nd overall pick, right? Cause they're clearly all in going for it, hoping to win the cup. But as a Leafs fan, what were your thoughts on this trade? Um, I, I like the deal. I think many Leaf fans are overestimating what Nick Felino still is. I keep mm. seeing people listing out their ideal top 12s for game one of the playoffs and he's in their top six. I don't see that. I think he's a fantastic addition on that third line. Um, I've said a few times, I think a first was too much to give up for that player. At the same time, I do understand the Leafs are now in this window where they're going for it and the path to the final four will never be more wide open than it is right now. And that's not to say it's a guarantee they'll get there, but there's no Boston in your way. There's no Tampa in your way, right? 
Montreal could and will put up a fight. Winnipeg or Edmonton could or will put up a fight, right? We'll, we'll see how those go. But this is as clear as the path has ever been. So I kind of get it when Dubas is pushing his chips into the middle and saying, that's the guy we wanted. And, and Bob McKenzie's been on in a few different places, uh, riling people up, saying if the Leafs had wanted Taylor Hall, they'd have had him. And they decided that's not the direction they wanted to go. That's not the player they wanted. Um, Boston got him for a steal. And uh, maybe we'll touch on that in a bit. But I'm I'm uncomfortable with Nick Felino being worth a first and two fourths. I think that's a lot for that player. Now, part of that is those fourths, as you suggested, are to get those teams to keep eating salary, right? You got to, you got to pay for that. So, mm-hmm. um, I think he's gambling that, as you said, that pick will be no better than 29th and, and you know, they're going to get to the final four. And at that point, um, they've had 12 or 14, I think they had 12 picks in last year's draft. Uh, and more than seven in the year before's draft. So there's a lot of guys kicking around. The Leafs do pretty well signing European free agents and uh, replenishing guys that way, and then just finding guys like Justin Hall that they think we'll bring in, we'll use our might outside the cap where we can to see who can be built into or built into what. Um, I like Nick Felino as an ad. I wouldn't have given up a first-round pick for him. I won't backtrack on that. At the same time, I do understand what Dubas is saying that no, we're we're going for it now, and if a first is what it takes, then so be it. And and that's the thing, like you, you do have to when you're when you're going for it. Yep. You have to pretend like that first round pick isn't going to matter. And yep. I know a lot of Leaf fans are a little triggered by <laughs> a first round Just pick. Yeah, that's true. Um, but, you know, they, there's flashbacks to the Phil Kessel trade where yep. they got screwed over two years in a row of, of first-round picks, right? Like, yep. this isn't that situation. No. Like, this isn't going to be a lottery pick. No. <laughs> Let's re- like, I, I don't think we need to go down that hole. But, the you know, you're not just paying a first-round pick for Nick Foligno. You're paying a first-round pick for Nick Foligno and only needing to pay 25% right. of his salary, That's like right. you said. And and to the Blue Jackets' point, and Yarmo Kekalainen's not an idiot, you know, he's not going to give up his captain nope. and retain 50% of his salary without getting something in exchange for it, right? No, so it's true. I And then poor San Jose is really just here to send Stefan Nason out and uh, get and, and pay for Nick Foligno, so who's that never was the part, for them. Yeah. So that was the part that we... <laughs> You know, Rob and I were recording on Sundays as went down. And so we talked about the deal at the very end of the show. And that was the part I didn't understand necessarily. Because I know Stefan Nason. He was the guy who scored the first goal in Vegas Golden Knights history. And um, I guess had moved on to San Jose. I didn't really know what that was all about. Whether they ever expected him to play for Toronto or why he was part of this. My understanding now is that he was outside the cap. Like he was on their taxi squad or whatever. So in theory, when San Jose takes on Felino, eats another 50% of his salary and sends that on to Toronto, that's inside the cap where Toronto is screwed. But they can send Nason along and go, that's just a cash move. That's not a cap move, right? Mm -hmm. So we're going to do this for you, but you're going to take that guy who's not going to count against the cap and you're going to pay him instead of us paying him. And Toronto will do those moves all day, right? You've yeah. seen that every single, like over and over and over where Toronto just trades for money you don't want to pay as long as it's not cap space. And so that's what that move ends up being. 
Um, if Stefan Nason ends up playing, it's because things have gone horribly wrong and we're like six injuries deep. But that's uh, since then, the reading I've done has suggested that he was a cash move that doesn't count against the cap and San Jose just saying, we'll do this and this for a fourth. You pay that guy so we don't have to, and we'll pay the cap part of Felino. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And what a 2021 move that is. <laughs> Seriously. <laughs> that, explain this to a fringe fan, honestly. Honestly, yeah, no, this is why people don't love hockey, right? You have to also yeah. have a math major to get into it. <laughs> I will say, like, I love Nick Foligno. I have nothing but respect for the guy. I know he, you're absolutely right. He is not the player that people may think he is right you know he, he's not he's people are also some people are talking like he's over the hill and like near the end no. of his career he's 33 years yeah. old like he's not exactly and he's still a serviceable like you uh, said yes. third fourth line player like he's, he's a great penalties, he's player. a grinder like we need that we can yeah. use that but if you're expecting good. him to play top six no. and look anything extreme is wrong he's no. he's good enough to play in the lineup he's probably not good enough to Put up points with your top six guys. He's going to be a bottom six guy. And where he's going to come in handy is he, he's he's fairly good on the defensive side yes. of his game, especially yes, for a winger. Yep. So, you know, there's been a lot of talk about whether it's the least defense or just their, their forwards, um, especially their top six forwards, being asked to carry a little bit too much of the load, like yep. their star players being asked to play too much of a defensive role. Yeah. Now they don't have... To, there's less of a need for them to do that with a player like Nick Foligno. Um, so I, I think that, I think the move absolutely makes sense. He's a quintessential bring in at the trade deadline for a playoff run yeah. kind of player at That's this right. point in his I career. Think so too. And, and I think like it works out for him too. Cause I think he's also at a point of his career where, you know, while he's, he's not exactly near nearing retirement, but he's, it's, it's not far off in the distance. No. Right. And, and he realizes that, you know, he's, he wants to win a cup and he's going to have to do it sooner rather than later. He's got a former teammate and Jason Spezza there and, and Spezzy Spezzy. Um, <laughs> so I, I, I think that the move is great for, for both sides that way. And, yep. you know, it hurts me as a sense fan, but now I have to watch <laughs> two former Ottawa senators. Did, uh, did you see Leeds? Ian Mendez's tweet this morning? Um, Jonas Siegel in the athletic wrote a terrific, piece on Jason Spezza and I've already shared it on our Twitter but uh, but we'll re-up it at Talkin Audio and all the social places talking about just Spezza's history coming up into the league as he moves through Ottawa and Dallas now on to Toronto the reason he's kind of become this like quintessential beloved veteran and and all so there's a bunch of people telling stories about it and it's great it's a really well-written piece whether you love the Leafs or not um, it's a good piece so Ian Mendez quote tweets it and goes Jason Spezza is the only reason I would be okay with seeing Toronto win the cup this year. And he just gets ratioed to hell. Right? Every replies, Ian, no. Right? Like, yeah, it's it's bold move. I once tweeted that I was somewhat okay with Toronto winning a playoff series against Boston. Like I just thought it was a more interesting storyline. Right. Uh, I did not go well for me. No. Um, so I can't advise doing that. And but like I will, I'll agree with Ian for for two reasons. One, I love Jason Spezza and Nick. Felino. Yeah. And I, I want nothing but it. I'm so torn because I actually do want to see Jason Spets in particular. <laughs> I want to see him win a cup. Yes. Not with Maybe not in blue. Yeah. Uh, but <laughs> if it's like, listen, if it's going to happen, yes. if the Leafs have to win a, a Stanley Cup at some point, make it in a year where they can't have a, 
Stanley Cup parade. <laughs> Because they can't. You're out of your mind. We will parade for decades. I I am sure you will. But like, what's what's the joke with Leaf fans? They're like, oh, planning the parade route, right? Like, how poetic would it be if they won the Stanley Cup in a year where they were not allowed to hold a a Stanley Cup parade? I think that'd be hilarious. Irresponsible you've ever seen Toronto. <laughs> That's very true. I, I don't actually, I should say like just for, for technical reasons, I don't want to see it happen for that reason yeah. because you know, goddamn well, people, <laughs> I don't care. any team in Canada wins the Stanley cup this year, you're going to see people be irresponsible. Yeah. I'd rather the city, the cat, the country's largest city, not do that. <laughs> um, but you know, I just, you know, the idea of crowds makes me nervous. Uh, but I, I, that was something that popped into my mind. I thought it would be funny. And, and, well, yeah, I traded like, a couple texts with with Ian about that today. I was like, "It looks like you're being drummed out, man. Like you're done in this market. The most beloved reporter the city's ever seen." Yeah, is, be uh, I told him there'll always be a home for you at TCA as long as you're pro Leafs. I said, "It doesn't pay where the shit, but we'll keep you hydrated." <laughs> so, <laughs> yeah. How does it compare to that athletic? Uh, yeah, it's it's, it's it salary. <laughs> He's currently pulling down that athletic cash and you're pulling down the athletic beers. It's not quite the same. Thing. Exactly. <laughs> this is tasty. I will say right, that for another right. one. What are your thoughts? Real quick. What are your thoughts on standing stone? Uh, I'm enjoying it to be honest with you. Yeah. Um, I think probably because it's a little stronger than your traditional IPA. Like, like to me, this doesn't have that really crisp kind of bite to it. This is more of a, well, they, they said it right in the, uh, in the description, it's an English IPA, which I guess kind of muddies it up a little maybe, or I, like, I, that's probably not the right term, but sort of what I'm going with. It reminds me of, and I don't think it was in this year's advent calendar. It was the year before one of these guys said, I want to do like a British punk rock IPA. And I'm like, I, I've got to find out what that means. And when you got into it, it was like, this isn't a compliment, I guess, when you're talking about, but it was like, I get what you're doing here. Like, it's kind of dirty. It's kind of grungy. Like, it's not that crisp, fruity IPA. This is like kind of that down and dirty, you know, like, it, and I know that's not what people want to hear, like a dirty beer. I don't know. That's, that's not what I mean. It's just kind of the way it was fermented and the way it was put together. And that's what this reminds me of a little bit. I don't mind it at all. Yeah, it's it's dark. It's mal- it's more yeah. malty than yes. most IPAs, and and yeah, I do love a good British IPA. Like Whitewater's Class Five IPA, right? Very similar kind of Very style. Beer, if, yeah. if anybody's yes. ever tried that one, um, yeah, there's, there's, you can't go wrong with a British IPA. Always very tasty. Let so me, I'm glad you're liking it. Yeah. Well, let me ask you because after we finish recording on Sunday night, and I've got everything kind of put together and edited, and I'm just getting ready to post uh, the Taylor Hall news breaks, and I'm. I sit back for a second and I know Rob's done. Like that's not happening. And I'm like, I should I, do I have to go in? And I'm just like, no, screw it. No, I'm not doing it. I'm not going in. I'm not adding again. Um, cause this is how you get caught. Like you go in, you do talk about the Taylor Hall trade for 20 minutes to pin on to the end of the show. And as you're editing that another huge trade breaks and you just get stuck in this fucking feedback loop. Of, <laughs> so no, I'm not doing it. Taylor Hall gets traded from Buffalo to Boston for a second round pick and Icelandic singer Bjork and uh, like Buffalo's just getting roasted. Now, since then, both Taylor Hall and Kevin Adams have sort of alluded to the fact that maybe Hall kind of said to them, these are the only teams I'm willing to go to. And, and uh, Boston's the only one that was still on the list trying. And maybe that handicaps Kevin Adams. Like, what did you think when you woke up at, 
I assume like quarter to five on Monday morning and yep. saw that, <laughs> saw the Taylor Hall deal. I mean, it's a weird world when Nick Foligno is uh, getting a, a higher price than Taylor Hall. <laughs> that didn't uh, make know. me feel any better, I got to tell you. No, can't imagine. Um, it's it's so complicated because on the like you look at this trade on the surface level, like yeah, this does not look good. Um, but Kevin Adams' hands are a little tied in the sense that. First of all, Taylor Hall's got a massive contract. Although it is one year, it's still $8 million and whatever's remaining on that, this team's got to pay. And that's not easy to move. He's got a no move clause. So and he picks where he's going to go. So he picks where he's going to go. And, and, and so, of, and, and of course everyone knows you're trying to trade him. So you're also at a disadvantage there. Like I was, quite frankly, I I'm surprised he got anything in return. Yeah. And uh, the, on the other hand, don't give Taylor Hall a contract like this. And yeah. I know it wasn't technically, I don't think it was Kevin Adams who actually signed this deal. Was it? Well, he was in charge, but that I think the ownership had sort of said this would be a nice way to make a splash. Like the Pagula yeah. family consistently overrules their management team. Exactly, and that's why I don't want to get. I don't want to blame Kevin Adams yeah. for this fully because I know it, it, there's very much a we can relate to it here in Ottawa, a sense that ownership <laughs> has a lot more control than they should. Yes. Um, and so I don't want to blame him for the contract, but it is a bad contract that your team signed and now you've got to move somehow. So like it, he was just like in the worst situation you yeah. could imagine. Yeah. And, and he's getting roasted for it now. Yeah. Like in I, hindsight, you, it's a terrible situation to ownership steps in, signs him to a deal. The whole point always was we'll trade him for something at the deadline well, if that was the point, you can't give him eight mil. Like the cap's flat. The teams that are going to want him are up against it. What are you really going to get? Right? No move clause. Yes. Like, okay, m- money aside, I don't know what leverage Taylor Hall had because no one was signing him yeah. at the time. Yeah. And they gave him a no move clause. Honestly. Like, what the hell? I, I don't get that at all. So I, so as as much as you I want to say- You get eight million like, or you get the no move. You don't get both. Exactly. Pick yeah. one. Yep. As much as I want to say, you know, Adam's hands were tied. Yeah. Like, he helped tie them. <laughs> like, <laughs> it was just a weird... I'm, I'm glad that it, he, they wouldn't do that he actually got moved. Like in a million years, he's just going to be like, I'm not doing that again. Like, what Honest a mess that turns out to be. Comes in, he doesn't produce, he roasts, like, leaves me look, looking like shit on the way out. Like, man, what a... Like, and, and so let me ask you, cause this is the, um, um, you know, the charging Buffalo is a, a great account. If you're a Sabres fan, or just, if you like to keep an eye on, uh, what's happening around the league the, at the charging Buffalo on Twitter. And, um, it's, it's one of their blogs and I really enjoy their follow. So they have a thing out and it is now one of the most interesting stories that I want to follow for the rest of the year. Before he was traded, Taylor Hall had two two goals for the Buffalo Sabres. He now plays for Boston. As he gets to Boston, the Bruins have six games left against the Sabres. Does Taylor Hall finish this season with more goals for the Sabres or with more goals scored against the Sabres? God, I hope it's scored against the Sabres. What a great I want maximum (laughs) chaos. That would be awesome. I want him to score more goals. 
Yes. I want him to score more goals in the remaining games, regardless, yeah. the remaining games with Boston than he did with Buffalo. And I want most of those goals to be against Buffalo because that <laughs> is super fun. Um, also, in the, it, another former senator moved in this piece is Curtis Lazar. Forgot about Lazar. Can't believe because, that. Because the, the, the Sabres had to also throw something else yes, in there. Sure. <laughs> so they sent Curtis Lazar, who, by the way, I know we love to crap on him here in Ottawa. He's a serviceable fourth line guy. Like he, he's going to be yes. fine. I have no problems I with think Curtis that's Lazar. what people were hoping his ceiling was. Gonna no, be, though, so. no, it's certain, you know, yeah. it definitely didn't work out the way they planned again. Sends uh, high picks not working out, um, but let's not open up that wound. Sure. Uh, so, but but I think like it just it's ridiculous that Buffalo even had to throw it in. Anything like, else from the? Di- Sorry, I didn't mean to cut no, you no, off. No, I'm, I'm I'm done. That's all I had to say. Um, anything else from the deadline jump out at you that uh, you're like, oh, that's interesting, or I didn't necessarily see that one coming, or oh, that's going to help those guys. Jeff Carter, uh, yeah. a still being a player, and and b. <laughs> being traded like being a player who would be valuable enough to be traded at this point just blew my mind to the Pittsburgh Penguins yeah, of all to a team that places. should have no cap space in theory just wow I mean I was listening to um Greg Wyshynski on Puck Soup talk about how like poetic it would be for Ron Hextall and Jeff Carter to win a cup <laughs> in, Pittsburgh. Uh, in Pittsburgh and just F you to, to Philly. I thought not that'd be kind of yeah, funny. Not following along both those guys, Philadelphia legends. So no love lost between those franchises. Oh yeah. Uh, but yeah, that like, I, I never thought I would read Jeff Carter's name again in my life. <laughs> and, uh, and so that surprised me. I, I am interested in your thoughts on big save Dave. Yeah. Dave Riddick going to uh, Toronto with, from the Calgary flames for a 2022 third round pick. I think it made sense just because, there was no sense at all as to when you were going to see Fred again, especially since they started using his LTIR space, LTIR space, um, you know, to bring in these other pieces and Jack Campbell, as good as he's been. And honestly fading a little bit, which I've warned people about that guys don't suddenly become nine forty starters out of nowhere at 29, 30 years old. Uh, his numbers sort of sliding a little bit. You had to get some insurance, right? Because you don't know if Fred's coming back and if so, what he's going to look like having not played in a month or two by the time he gets back in there. And Jack Campbell, as good as he has been, is also clearly battling something. He has been all year, right? They don't like to practice him too much while he's playing a lot. He's obviously never going to play a back-to-back. You know, he's been through some stuff. So I liked it. Mainly as much as anything, because they got a guy in Canada, right? Not a guy who Mm -hmm. was going to have to quarantine. So a third round pick, if Kyle's decided Nick Foligno's worth a first round pick and we're all in this year, then sure. A a little insurance and goal is something that was worth doing. And I guess a third round pick was, was the price. I, I, I didn't really have a problem with it. I thought he played reasonably well. Like the next day he flew to Toronto with the flames and then faced off against them that night. Awkward. Um, yeah. A little weird on the flight, right? I wouldn't be eating any of the food they served me on that flight. Or, uh, Seriously. So I, I didn't mind it. Like to me, everything that happened after Felino for a first was then framed through that lens. Okay. We don't care about picks. We're all in. So you just go, yep, that makes sense. Ben Hutton for a fifth as some insurance on the back end. That makes sense. I'm good with it. Right. Riley Nash 
for a seventh and you see if he's ready to play for the playoffs, fine. Um, you know, you just do it. And yeah, you could argue, you know, whether or not Nick Felino is worth a first round pick fine. But I think the Leafs at the end of the day, they needed to add to their, a little bit to their depth at forward, mm-hmm. their depth at D and they needed to address the goaltending or at least add some insurance. And they did all of they that. Checked the, all those boxes, whether you love all of them or not, that's what they went out and clearly did. And that's pretty friggin' rare to do with the trade deadline. Yep. Right. Like, and especially goalie. I, I know that there had been a lot of talk of bringing in someone to help Jack Campbell. And, I had my and, eyes you know, on your boy Forsberg here in Ottawa. Well, yeah. Like, <laughs> like that was the kind of move I was expecting, but yep. like David Riddick actually had a great portion of the year. Yep. Um, well, because there was cameras and mics on the ice, uh, on Tuesday, the day before for, uh, for, see, that's the guy I had my eye on, um, Riddick's first start and like only Spez and like one or two other guys are taking the game day skate. Cause they had also played on Monday and you, the mic picks up Spets a saying after like flipping a shot at, uh, Riddick, he's like, uh, we're not worried. You've had a, you're, you're fine in this building or you've always been great in this building or whatever. <laughs> he's been shutting down Toronto all year. So I don't know if he's that good against everybody else, but Leaf fans have got to look at that guy like he's Dominic Asik, the way he's played against us. Yeah, yeah. I listen. I, th- I think it was a great trade de- trade deadline for the Leafs. If I'm being honest, yeah. and again, big save, Dave. Not not a bad pickup. If nope. you have if you have to trade for a goalie at the trade deadline, you're lucky to get someone of that caliber. I think so too. So uh, overall, pretty uh, pretty for for a trade deadline that we thought absolutely nothing would happen on. Yeah, it's actually not a great not a super quiet day again most of it was the night before but at least they had something to talk about on trade center what is it about the nashville predators that demands that once every year or so they phone the ottawa senators and say give us your least talented defenseman because uh uh, we just saw could branson head out the door uh this year last year and i'm sorry ottawa i know you love them but uh boro Heads from, uh, now maybe that was a free agency thing. I that was a free agency. All right. Well, it ruins my That's narrative. Okay. He still went but there. Yeah, exactly. So, um, odd. I, we I, do love to trade with Nashville yeah, though. No, that's true. That's true. Mike Fisher. Matt Duchesne. Matt Duchesne. And Kyle No, Turris, that wasn't I mean, a trade either. He, you traded him was to Columbus trade. and he left then afterwards to go to Nashville. Yeah, that's true. And, yeah. but the, but Nashville was involved in that because Turris. Kyle Turris went there. That's in right. Three way trade. You're right. Mike um, Fisher, you said, yeah. Mike Fisher, yeah. It's uh, it's a weird trade destination for the Sens, but sure. And again, listen, I get nothing against Eric Branson. I don't think there was there was nothing in his game that was long term here with the Sens. And, you I know, he, saw some Sens fans who were like, "You traded a fifth to get that guy and got a seventh for him. What are you doing?" <laughs> a 2023 seventh. <laughs> not a great return on. Sorry, investment. and and Brandon Fortunato. Sure, I know I that. I don't know guy. who that is. Yeah, no, exactly. <laughs> That's a player. The, you know what? This trade deadline was a lot of me going, oh, that guy is a ho- hockey player that I've heard of That's before. That's a name. Cool. That's definitely That's a, a name. name. That's yeah. a person. Like, <laughs> but then in some cases, I'm like, no, this is absolutely not a person. Right. <laughs> this person does not exist. <laughs> so yeah, it was it was one of those weird trade deadlines. But again, what, what do you expect in this season? Well, I, I looked at that a lot one, with Ottawa, right? Like even as a Leaf guy or a contender or whatever, you look at the Sens roster, you don't have anything I want, or you don't have anything that you're willing to give up that I want, right? Like the pieces, the rookies, the young guys, sure, I'm interested, but you don't, you're not going to trade those. Do I want Braden Coburn? No. Do I want Eric Goodbranson? No. Do I really care about Ryan Dezingle? No. Do I, 
then we're done here, right? Like this yeah. was always bound to be kind of a quiet deadline for the senators. And that being said, I'm I'm pretty happy with the moves they made. Like they got rid of a bunch of players who, in my opinion, Rocking you know, away. they were they were taking up roster spots. And this year it made sense because maybe not all the young guys were ready to come up. But mm-hmm. you know, if if Erica Branson was still on the team next year or Mike Riley for that matter, I think I would have several questions. Yeah. And and you know, they managed to kind of do a little bit of a pump and dump with Riley, who had been playing That's not true. so bad. Yeah, this the Riley season. play wasn't bad. I I was surprised. To be honest third with round you. pick. Yeah, and that's fine. I'll, I'll say this: like 2022 third round pick. This coming draft in 2021 is not going to be that good because scouts crap, have not sure. been able to do their job. Yeah, and we don't know. We don't know really what what this draft's going to look like. So mm-hmm. anytime you can get a 2022 pick, in my opinion, it's actually of higher value because you'll probably have a better idea of what that player is. No, that's probably be. true. So I, I was very happy with the Mike Riley trade. I mean, the Braden Colbert trade. I'm just happy he's. <laughs> you know, with all due respect to Braden Colburn, I'm, he's, he's not on the That's roster fine. anymore. He's and gonna, yeah, you moved yeah. him for literally the lowest you can trade, which is a seventh round <laughs> pick. So, and again, 2022. Yep. But so I, the worst I, they, they managed later. to move a bunch of veteran guys, taking up roster spots and mm-hmm. get some picks and free up some space. You know, J- Jacob Bernard Docker uh, made his his NHL debut on Wednesday night. And, you know, we've got, we've, we've, we've got the, the, the Josh Brown demotion. <laughs> Yeah, yes, the ABD stands for. Hey, yeah. There you go. Apparently um, not. Zaitsev messed it up. Oh, Zaitsev. But anyway, yeah, we've got I've, the I've roster spots for this now. Times. And and with with the college season wrapping up, you know, Jacob Bernard Docker was able to come up and and there's a number of other players I'm sure we'll see uh between now and the end of the year and and that's that's what this these last few games are are supposed to be for the sense yes. right it's, it's yes. letting these young guys get some t- time let's see what they maybe let's see logan brown for the love of god <laughs> what um, a nightmare of a season didn't he just get hurt again yeah i think so oh my god I, like it's so rare that uh, you go into a season with a question and you come out of the season with that same question yeah. like we don't we don't know we the answer of what no logan brown is, is. yeah and that was one of the like the primary questions coming into this season was what will what role will Logan Brown play? And the answer is we still don't know. Yeah. And that's so bizarre to me. I but think anyway, the new question is what role will he play in Seattle? Yeah. Oh my god, I haven't even wrapped my head around the <laughs> expansion draft yet, and I don't want to start. I like it's I, him I, or a goalie. I, uh, Yep. I don't want it to be a goalie. Okay. Make it Matt oh, Murray. Yeah, good luck with that. <laughs> Everybody's lining up to do that. Yeah. yeah. Cover him in something that makes him look attractive to sharks. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> they want him to gone so bad. Uh, at least I assume. Um, with with that contract that they signed him to. But anyway. Yep. I digress. I remember um, saying at the time, I loved the trade for Ottawa and I hated the contract. Like yeah. and, a, and if he was playing fine, it wouldn't be that bad. Of but you gambled. You gambled yes. on a guy who was notoriously inconsistent. Was worth the risk, but you risked too much by instantly locking him up for that long for that much. Terrible, terrible. <sighs> it's the it's the term that gets yes, me. Of course, you could have it signed him to a two is. year. It's always the term. You could have signed him to a one year, two year deal with six point two five. I'd be fine with that. Yeah, I could live. I could live with that. This is this is not a team that is worried about hitting the cap. No. Right. <laughs> so I'm fine with that. It is the four years yep. that like, what were you thinking? Anyway, Seattle, he's a great guy. <laughs> um, I think you'd really like him. So, uh, 
Again, I want to say with all due respect Huge to Matt Murray, Mariners he seems fan. like a, a wonderful person. <laughs> yeah. But the contract is just un, yep. not good. Anyway, yep. uh, final thoughts on the trade deadline. Um, Really liked what Detroit and Washington did in actual hockey trade. I think, um, you know, I, I think Jacob Vrana in Detroit you know, maybe a little underappreciated in Washington. I like the offensive things that he does. He's a little younger, maybe fits a little better into what is probably looking like a slightly longer rebuild than Detroit expected. So you ship Mantha out, who's also very good, very underrated as well at a reasonable contract. He fits a little better right now with what Washington wants to do and, and still pushing hard. Um, I, I like that deal for both teams. I'm surprised Colorado didn't do more in goal. And then like immediately after the deadline, Grubauer ends up on the COVID protocol list, which was always going to be like a nightmare scenario for them. So I, I was a little surprised they didn't do more. And I'm really surprised Winnipeg didn't go find an impact defender, right? To come in and, and get something done. That's a team that I thought if they could bring in a top four defender on either side, really would jump into like right there with Toronto, right? Like the, mm-hmm. the best goalie by far in this division is Connor Hellebuck. They're loaded in their top six. I was stunned. They didn't add something on the, on the back end for them. They, now they, they've sort of been burned. Like they brought in, um, Dubois and then he had to do the two week quarantine. And then he came out and then he got hurt. Like that maybe made them a little gun shy. It's down to one week now, but I thought they might do a little bit more. Um, and Tampa getting Savard. I, I, they're playing whatever they're doing, 4D chess with the salary cap. Just keep adding pieces. Uh, Kucherov standing there waiting for game one of the playoffs. Um, they're able to add David Savard. Those would be the ones for me that, uh, that stand out both on the good and the bad. Yeah, I mean, with the it, just in regards to Detroit, all I'll say is uh, Steve Eiserman is a wizard. Yes, and we should all be very afraid of him. <laughs> when Steve Eiserman uh, phones you, just no, send a don't voicemail. answer. He's just gonna fleece voice, you. Yeah, send a voicemail. Same with Joe Sackick. But while yep. we're at it, two like, of the best not- centers of that era now become two of the best GMs of that era. And Joe Sackick, I know you weren't around yet. Rob and I used to rip him endlessly for being maybe the worst GM in the league. There was a time. Yeah. And all of there a sudden was, he's just robbing everybody blind. It started with the Matt Duchesne trade. <laughs> it always, yeah, it's always the same. Again, it always starts with Matt Duchesne and it's always the sense. <laughs> Everything does. But honestly, like anyway, the, yeah. the guy, they're both wizards. It's their world. We're just living in it. It's true. Um, I do want to mention, uh, cause I, I, I reckon I'm conscious of time and, and uh, before we wrap things up, I yeah. do want to say uh, tonight on Thursday, and I know most people by the time they listen to it, it will be over, but the WNBA draft is taking place tonight, which is part of the reason I have to get going. Cause I want to go watch it. Okay. Um, but uh, it's big night for the WNBA. They also mm-hmm. released their, their schedule this, uh, this week, uh, which I am very much looking forward to. Yep. Uh, thought I would be able to travel to Seattle within the season. Don't think that's going to happen, but that's okay. Seattle, uh, that's the one you got your eye on. Yeah. I'm a it's Seattle far. fan. It's far. Yeah, I know, but there's craft beer there, man. Oh, the craft beer scene in Seattle is And Portland bonkers. too, apparently just incredible craft. Oh, beer the Pacific, the, the Pacific yeah. Northwest yeah. just, they've got nothing better to do there. Cause it always <laughs> rains. So they just brew beer. Yeah. And plus, I mean, Sue Bird, 
So there's yep. that. Okay. Um, so yeah, I, I was really hoping to, to go see a it's Seattle. It's like, I'm going to pick the furthest possible team away. Honestly, that's, that's <laughs> how I roll. Um, so, so the, the WNBA draft is happening tonight. I mean, I, I, I'd give predictions, but like, again, by the time everyone listens to this, it's going to have That's happened. Right. So it's, it's ridiculous. fun for the, no, it's fun for people to get to hear where we right, where we wrong. Where we, uh, all, all I'll say is like, I'm really intrigued to see where Ari McDonald goes. Okay. And if for anybody who doesn't remember or who maybe paid attention to the NCAA women's basketball tournament, as I've been talking about ad nauseum for the last few weeks um she she played for arizona she was a very key player in the upset uh of arizona over yukon mm-hmm. and uh, she had that amazing shot where she just kind of turned around walked away crossed her arms and it became <laughs> a, you know the gif of the tournament nice. incredibly talented player um and i think i i don't think she's gonna go first overall but she's definitely gonna be in the first round i think a lot of eyes are, are on where she'll go so i'm very intrigued uh, by that i've heard dallas is kind of the number one yeah. potential uh location so um yeah i'm i'm just looking forward to it. i'm just looking forward to the season starting um i i don't know like if anybody's interested the wnba has what they call league pass which uh, i think it's like 16.99 for the year and you get pretty much any game i believe steal. right you get stats you get highlights for the season for the whole season it's and incredible. like it now granted it's not as long of a season as like still. the nhl but like still like that's that's not nothing yeah um and nothing, uh, so actually <laughs> the, the price is nothing yeah. what, what you get is 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 quite significant so if anybody's inter- interested in getting into the wnba and, and you just want to make it easy for yourself to watch mm-hmm. i uh, i highly recommend it maybe take uh, some of that money that you were going to use for other things like having fun uh <laughs> outside of your house this year and um remember outside Remember outside? Uh, no. Now no. that we've you know got to this wonderfully depressing place, yeah. um, why don't we uh, why don't we wrap things up? All right. And, well, I, uh, I should send people back if you haven't. Like I said, eight sixteen. Dan Schulman, um, to me, one of the best in the business. I'm such a nerd for the broadcast side of thing. He goes way in depth on how he and Buck are doing things, like from opposite sides of the border, calling games. Um, what his back and forth quarantine has been like trying to do some NCAA basketball as well. I would highly recommend um, you go back and check that one out. Really interesting. And like I said, next Thursday morning, I know the guests are normally Wednesday morning, Thursday morning, Steve Bunda, Graham Creech, and I will be in deep on UFC 261. So stick around for those as well. If you're not subscribed yet, make sure you hit subscribe wherever you're listening right now. Wherever you're hearing us talk, there's a button, there's a follow there's a subscribe, there's a thumbs up, whatever it looks like on the app that you're hearing this right now, just hit it because you're going to love it. That's all I got. Boom. Yep. And that's how I'm going to learn about UFC is you guys. I <laughs> love it. <laughs> and I'm going to know things. Hey, you saw, you saw how much of a WrestleMania uh, expert I you was. You did well. I thought you, you were did. bringing it there. I wasn't even going to bring it up. You brought the WrestleMania to the I table did. today. Oh my so. God. Yeah. What is happening to me? I have to go question my life choices. All right. Uh, I think that about, uh, that about does it for this week. Tell Thank life you choice, Josh. I said, hello. I will. <laughs> yes. He did this to me. <laughs> At least he hasn't made me a Leafs fan yet. Oh, it's coming though. It's coming. Ew, it's no, Spez. Over... It's Felino. It's Nylander. Oh, don't do it. <laughs> Stop it. <laughs> Stop it. Be awesome. You're killing me. <laughs> All right. Thank you so well, much. Hold on. Hold on. No, 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 no. Well, Leafs versus Habs in the first round. Who are you cheering for? Oh, can both teams lose? <laughs> they cannot. Uh, Pick a side. Cheering for the building to burn. <laughs> I don't know. Oh, that's my nightmare. Okay. Oh. By next Thursday. 
you have to tell us. Oh, no, because you're going to clip it. Yep. And then it, oh, yeah. And just repeatedly over and over I and over. I told you what happened when I tweeted that the Leafs were only okay <laughs> once and everyone eviscerated me. I don't... By next Thursday, the, you will have an answer for us. Leafs or Habs. That's, so that's the tease. uncomfortable. That's okay, so tease. I just get to have anxiety from here till Thursday. That's fun. All right, so tune in next week to find out uh, which fan base I'm going to have uh, want my head on a stick. <laughs> Uh, but as always, thank you so much for listening. Uh, you can find us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram, all at Tall Can Audio. You can find me on Twitter at Shrides, S-C-H-R-E-I-D-S. And you can follow the craft beers that I drink on Instagram at Craft in the Capital. And we will see you next time on Tall Can Audio. Peace. Did you see that? Yep. There's an hour you're never getting back. I just want to say from the bottom of my heart. I'd like to take this chance to apologize to absolutely nobody. The double tag does what the f- he wants. Uh, okay, I'm going to call that a wrap. You can find tons more TCA at tallcanaudio.com. But um bum.